Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. People have this idea that there is nothing outside of New York uh, and D.C. I think when you talk about political journalism. Oh, I think that's mostly true. That's probably good for you, actually. That's probably nice. You get a break and you get better Tex-Mex food <laughs> than we have here. And you also have more space for cats, which is That's what we're true. really here to talk about, Adam. I, I don't want to talk about political journalism because, frankly, no offense, it's kind of boring. That's fair. A lot of people feel that way. All right. So let's not talk about it. Let's talk about cats. Cats. Let's talk about cats. It's another episode of Let's Talk About Cats. I'm noted cat lady, Mary Phillips Sandy. My cat, of course, is Grendel. And this is a really special episode. We are talking to Adam Serwer of The Atlantic. I have been an admirer, Adam, of your writing on the internet for quite some time. I think you you are really an astute political observer, a great writer, a great journalist. Thank you so much. But more importantly, you have four cats, an astonishing four <laughs> cats. And I love the fact that you're very consistent. They're all ginger cats. You have a fondness for the ginger cats. And as I think I mentioned when we were talking earlier that we like to start off with what we call the five-word memoir. Ernest Hemingway, a famous jerk, liked to think that he could tell a story in six words. Um, I'm not a jerk, and I think we can tell a story in five words. So Adam, why don't you give us their five-word memoir? Sweet Garfields are land manatees. Oh, Land manatees. That's right. You refer yes. to them as the Garfields on your Twitter I account. I do, because they're all orange and they're all, well, they used to all be pretty hefty. So they just sort of lay around the house and they look like large manatees, like catching a little sun on the beach or whatever. And for the record, could you, uh, Adam, state your cat's names and ages? My oldest cat is Butters. His government name is Butterscotch, but only the vets and cops use it. He's almost 17 years old. He's going to be 17 in April. There's Burns, who is uh, 15 years old. He's a very sweet guy. He's the friendliest of all the cats. If you take him to the vet, he is immediately like trying to rub up on the doctors. There's Eggsy, who we adopted from Korea. He was a stray cat. Uh, he's uh, a very I'm, sweet. We're going to have to talk more about that later in the show, Adam, because you can't just drop that and keep going and expect me not to follow <laughs> up. Continue with the rundown, but I'm just warning you, we're coming back to it. That's all. And then there's Benny, which is short for Benedict. And we got him because Eggsy... Eggsy really likes Butters. He's, like, fascinated by him. But part of that fascination is, like, he stalks Butters through the house and then pounces on him. And Butters is a little old. So we're like, okay, well, we really need to get someone for Eggsy to play with. 
And so we got Benedict, and it turns out that Benedict is kind of a terrorist. That is absolutely amazing, Adam. I hope that your journalism career never flags. I hope that you continue writing for us for a very (laughs) long time. But if it fails, three words, cat reality show. It's a backup option. Adam, it is time for a segment that we call the Cat Quiz. So the Cat Quiz is pretty simple. There's five questions, and you have to think fast. When I ask you the question, you answer it. That's it. Don't sit around and think forever. That's the only rule. I can't Google. No, and you can't Google. That's right. We are talking remotely right now, so hands off the Google. Sure. This is an honor system. I trust you because you have journalistic ethics, okay? Okay, today's Cat Quiz. Adam, I know that you are fond of cats, and you are fond of Italian food, so... Today, how much do you know about cats and the beautiful cuisine of the beautiful country called Italy? It's the Cat Quiz. Are you ready, Adam? I am ready. All right, and I'm going to remind you once again, as always, there is a prize at stake. All right, your first question. Salami felino. It literally means feline salami, but it is not made by or with cats. Instead, it is made by people in a place called Parma. Its traditional ingredients include pork, peppercorns, garlic, and what? Salt. Well, you know what? We'll give you a half point. I think all salami has salt by default, but I was looking for the answer, wine. They put wine in the salami. Oh, that's great. I don't actually uh, eat pork or drink wine, but I'm excited about that for the people of Parma. Question number two. If you head over to China, you will find a hand-shaped wheat noodle that is known as cat ear noodles. It's served in stir fries and braises. Italy has a pasta shape that is identical to China's cat ear noodles, but it has a different name. What is it called? Is it campanelle? Oh, I'm so sorry. It is not. It is, and I'm going to murder the pronunciation. Italy, I'm so sorry. Orecchiette? Orecchiette, which means little ears. In China, they believe the ears are those of cats. Okay, question three. Over in Rome, the first cat cafe opened a few years ago. It's called the Romeo Cat Bistro, of course. So the Romeo Cat Bistro in Rome has plenty of cute cats, but its menu has no what? Meat. I'll give it to you. The answer is animal products. It is completely vegan. It's a vegan cat cafe. Uh, That's extremely impressive. I know. I know. (laughs) Because there's so much meat and cheese in Italian cooking. If anyone wants to sponsor a Let's Talk About Cats trip to Rome, please hit me up. All right, question four. Adam, you're doing great. According to legend, a dish that is now considered comfort food in Modena was created accidentally when a woman tripped over a cat sleeping in front of the stove, and she spilled a ladle full of what into a pot full of polenta? Tomato sauce. Oh, I don't think I can give it to you. The answer was beans. Uh, And the dish is called, again, Italy. I apologize. I'll learn how to speak your language when I go there. Calzagatti? Apparently, it may have been derived from a slang word, calza, meaning to kick, as in what the lady did to the cat, which we don't condone at all. Final question, Adam. Final question. It all comes down to this. A beach on Sardinia's west coast has become a cat sanctuary in recent years and a bit of a tourist attraction as well, but the cats themselves have been living there for over a century. They were first introduced to the area as rat catchers by locals who were busy trying to catch another more delicious creature. What were they catching? Is it anchovies? Oh, you know what? That would be good. I love anchovies too. It's tuna. (laughs) It seems like a conflict of interest. It does. Well, the bad news is I don't think you won the cat quiz, but the great news is that, of course, you won the prize. You always win the prize on the cat quiz, and your prize is a set of, you can't see it, but I've got it right here. We have a beautiful set of cat-themed pot holders for you so that you can cook some delicious Italian cuisine for yourself and your four cats at home. Uh, Buono appetito. 
Our next segment is the Hot Topic Debate, where you and I are going to resolve a divisive feline-related issue once and for all. And Adam, I know this is something that you have thought about, talked about, even written about. It's something that I would say is, is, is uh, it hits close to home. In fact, it is in the home. Um, the question is, uh, which surfaces in the home should cats be allowed on? Uh, now, Adam, I know that you, ha- you post a lot of pictures of your cats on Twitter, and uh, I've, I've seen in the past you have occasionally gotten some heat, shall we say, for, for sharing photos of your cats on countertops. Some people find that controversial. It's their house. First of all, most people do not cook straight off the countertop surface. Like, if, if you're chopping vegetables on your countertop, that's you shouldn't be doing that. Okay, true. Um, second, who doesn't clean the counter before you start putting food on it? Personally, I think a cat should be allowed to go wherever they want to go as long as they're not messing something up. Are there any no-go zones in your house for your cats? I would say that there are temporary no-go zones. For example, my cats, uh, when I start cooking and I put a cutting board on the counter, they really like to come and like sit on the cutting board just as a power move to show me who's boss, which means I have to wash the cutting board again. Mm-hmm. Other than like if they aren't like putting themselves at risk or sticking their paws on something I'm about to eat, uh, they can do whatever they want. I, in principle, agree with you. Um, I will say this. I uh, used to have two cats, Buckley and Milo. They were they were tub aficionados. They were tub lurkers. You would find them lurking in the tub. Um, and what ended up happening was I started finding clogs of cat hair in the tub drain. So I had to institute a no cats in the tub rule. Um, oh, no. Yeah, and which infuriated them because the tub was truly, it, they went into this weird meditative state. It was a sublime state. place. It was their favorite, you know, because sometimes there's little drips of water. There's interesting textures. There's a shower curtain that you can rub your paws on. There's all of this great stuff in the tub. And I just had to start going into the bathroom and throwing them out of the tub. And it made me feel like a monster, yes, but I got so sick of cleaning cat hair out of the drain. So then I started to think, all right, well, I understand people now who say, well, my cat's not allowed on the couch. I get tired of cleaning the couch, right? You start to see how people make these decisions. Yeah, I mean, stuff like hair on the couch, like, that battle's over. I have four orange cats. What color is your couch, may I ask? It's dark blue. (laughs) So they look great with it. It's a very nice contrast in color. However... Now, do your cats have surfaces of their own, that is to say, dedicated things that are just for them to go on that you do not go on? Oh, yeah. We have cat beds all over the house, and we have uh, we have a, a large cat castle and a small cat castle. Eggsy, who spent his formative days in Seoul looking out of the window onto, like, people way, way, way below, really likes to sit on a surface next to a window so he can watch the cars go by. And Benny just likes to find an older cat and bother them. So I think we've reached a great conclusion here, Adam, uh, in today's hot topic, which is that uh, all surfaces in your home are fair game for cats as long as everyone is safe. And as long as you remember to A, use a cutting board when you cook and B, wash it before you do so, which I think is really just good life advice. If you like Let's Talk About Cats, you'll love Let's Talk More About Cats, the monthly newsletter that has lots of stuff about cats. Uh, Hi, I'm Mary. This is my podcast. Uh, I'm just here to remind you to sign up for our newsletter at letstalkaboutcats.com. 
There's really no reason not to. It's free. It comes once a month. It's just a nice occasional little treat. You'll get the latest news from LTAC HQ, some cat facts, some links to interesting cat content, stuff that I found on the internet and think you'll like. You'll get exclusive Grendel photos. We've even given producer Lizzie her own section. She can talk about whatever she wants. Cats, not cats, I don't know. It's up to her. So join us, won't you? Sign up at letstalkaboutcats.com and we'll talk more about cats. Okay, uh, it is time now, the real reason we're here. Let's talk about your cats, all four of them. Wow, we have a lot to cover. <laughs> so I always start by asking, Adam, I always start by asking our guests, uh, you know, so how did you and your cats meet? But with you, you've got this sort of multi-cat, multi-decade journey. I actually want to start more recently, though. Tell me about Eggsy coming to you from Korea. I went to Korea over the holiday season the year before last. The reason I did that was because my partner was in Seoul. I-, I wanted her to have an opportunity to see the cats after all, since she has known them for longer than I have. Okay. And I brought Burns and Butters with me. Now, that was kind of an ordeal. Yeah. And so they were hanging out in the apartment, and we heard that there were a bunch of strays at the Yongsan garrison that needed homes. And it was one of those things where we were like, oh, you know, we'll just go and look. And if we, like, see any cats we like, maybe we'll talk about it. But, of course, what actually happened was we met a cat that we liked and brought him home. Yeah. I'm shocked, so Adam. I'm shocked. Eggsy, his litter mates had all been given away. And he was living in a pretty big cage, but it was still a cage. And what was really adorable was that he, the older cats would watch him play. And, like, first of all, he'd, like, never been in this big of a space in his life. Even though it was just an apartment, he had just, like, he had— Well, if he was coming from a cage, yeah. Right, he was coming from a cage. So, like, he suddenly realized that it was okay for him to, like, run down the hall and, like, turn around and run back down the hall and, like, bat something all over the place. And so he, like, just started frolicking, and the older cats— watched him play and all of a sudden they started getting really playful like they started doing things they hadn't been doing for a long time like stocking toys and stuff like that they had a really good time uh the floors in this apartment in korea were heated which is something i'd never seen in my life so they would like walk across the floor and like find a hot spot and immediately plop their bellies on it it was very cute oh my god that sounds like um, amazing perfect for kids. it was basically cat heaven right and then i love that you got a fourth cat essentially as a as a toy for eggsy so burns has like always been sort of the glue between the other cats he has had a close friendly relationship with every cat he's ever met um, we were staying with a friend in Texas when we first moved here, and one of her cats had kidney problems. And he just, like, he was just, he was a very sweet cat. He was also orange, of course. And he just, like, crawled into the bed, and Burns just, like, snuggled up next to him and started grooming him, which was, like, the sweetest thing I'd ever seen in my life. So part of the timing of the decision was we really wanted a kitten who, like, knew Burns. Yes. Because he's yep. he's been so good at, like connecting all the other cats to each other mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they've just like they've really hit it off i mean it's been tough for burns because his nose is extremely sensitive so he can't really horse around um unfortunately burns has an adenocarcinoma in his nose which will you know probably be the end of him but we're gonna try our best to make his final days as as wonderful as possible 
but Benny, he loves to like nuzzle up next to him and like Burns will wrap his tail around him. And it's just, it's extremely adorable. How are you coping with Burns's illness right now? I mean, I know how stressful that is to have a cat who's who's sick and, and might not get better. How is that affecting you? Um, it's been tough. I mean, I, I feel like every pet owner understands this, but it, it, particularly when you're in like a, you're having a rough time in life, um, pets can be a, an important part of your sort of support system. You know, it's, it's sad to know that I'm going to have to say goodbye sometime soon, um, especially because he's just like such a benevolent cat. But, uh, you know, the only thing you can do, I guess, is just try to make them as happy and comfortable as possible. Yeah, that's all we can do, right? I remember when our first cat died when I was little, you know, I was I was young. My dad sort of sat me down and said, you know, if you're going to have cats or any pets, you need to accept that they're going to die. I mean, I think I was like six. I don't know that <laughs> I might have been a little young for this lecture, but he was right. Mm-hmm. And and it's part of the process of, of loving anyone, really, is knowing that at some point they're not going to be there. You're going to lose them. You're going to lose them or they're going to lose you or, you know, that's just something that's the reality of it. But that doesn't negate all of the love that you share while you're together. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. I mean, speaking of tough stuff, that is sort of what you do for a living. I mean, now more than ever, we don't, I say we don't get political on this show, but we inevitably do. I mean, the the world is a very bizarre and depressing place right now uh, for a lot of people, myself included. And your work involves staring into the abyss on a, on a day-to-day basis. Um, I'm wondering, is it easier to stare into the abyss when you're surrounded by your cats? I will say that they are great work partners. It's funny, though, because they have, you know, cats are very much creatures of routine. And if I don't do the same thing the same way every day, they get upset. They're like, no, this is when we do this and you're not doing it. What's going on? But they are, you know, I will say that it would be a lot lonelier to work from home if I didn't have those four jerks bothering me every 10 minutes. (laughs) Okay, here's a question. You write for the Atlantic Ideas section. So we know a lot about your ideas. What about your cat's ideas? Benny and Eggsy don't have strict political identities yet, but the running joke is that Butters, for most of his life, was a conservative Republican. He voted for Romney. Okay. He was very sad on election night 2012 when Obama pulled it out. Sure, sure. And Burns is a hardcore socialist. He backed Bernie Sanders in the primary. Nevertheless, uh, they're an odd couple. They get along. They love each other. 
So would you say Burns and Butters are like the Carvel and Madeline of cats? I would say that they have an intense love for each other and they also just disagree politically. But in the Trump era, you know, Butters is a is a never Trump conservative. So, you know, the differences have been flattened out a little bit. In a way, perhaps they've been brought closer together since 2016. Yes, they both care very deeply about democracy, despite their differences on policy. And I know your two youngest cats are, in fact, very young. But do you have any uh, hints at this point as to what their political leanings might be? Have they given you any idea of what maybe what issues they care about? Um, I would say that, you know, their uncles have, you know, begun to read them into their plot to exterminate all humans, except for like, you know, a few that they're going to keep around for like belly rubs and opening cans of wet food. Um, But other than that, they don't really have political views. Of course. So in other words, the Garfields envision a new reformation run by cats where humans exist only as sort of can openers. A one world catocracy. (laughs) A a kitty paw stamping on a human face forever. Hey, you know what? It's a platform. I've heard worse. (laughs) Twitter, of course is a place where a lot of people talk about your work, and I imagine they yell at you a lot. Um, But you also share a lot of pictures of your cats on Twitter. Was it a conscious choice to start sharing the cats? I mean, you know, obviously a lot of journalists use Twitter, you know, to engage and to share their work and stuff. Did you sort of sit down and think, all right, I gotta, I gotta mix it up a bit. I got these cats. I got this great content. It was not like a conscious thing. It was more like I really enjoyed my cats and they did cute things and I started like posting pictures and it, when it first started out it was like 2010 we had a different roster of cats we had pumpkin we had butters we had james and we had burns and pumpkin was my favorite which is okay to say cuz he was also butters's favorite and he was sort of like this very friendly round guy who like he was extremely expressive if you um, if he wanted your attention, he would yell at you, and if you didn't respond to him, he would reach out his paw and, like, smack you in the face. Wow. Like, yo, uh, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um, and he also had, like, a, a sleep apnea problem, so he had to always have his, like, face raised for him to breathe comfortably. So he would always, like, rest his chin on, like, weird places. So you'd be, like, asleep on the couch and, like, I have a picture of this. Pumpkin would, like, stick his head on your forehead. Oh. You know, and then just, like, start purring and be like, okay, this is where I'm sitting for the rest of the day. I would take pictures of Pumpkin being adorable, and then every once in a while I would be like, oh, it's Fat Cat Friday. I'm going to post a picture of Pumpkin. And eventually people started, like, asking for more pictures of my cats. And the more that my career went on, the more I was just, like, my – writing was just a constant stream of like describing human misery and so I just felt like I needed to like mix it up with you know things that were not stressful and the easiest way to do that at least for me because I find that my cats are very stress relieving I would like just take pictures of my cats being cute with each other yeah do you think there are people I mean or do you know that there are people who perhaps disagree with you are like a hundred percent ideologically opposed to everything you believe and stand for who follow you for your cats oh i'm sure that's the case really how does that make and you I'm feel i'm sure that there are some people who have unfollowed me because even with the cats they couldn't put up with it i mean how does that feel though to know that there are like 
MAGA hat wearing dudes hanging on your tweets because they like your cats. I mean, I don't know. That's fine. I mean, like I follow people, a lot of people I don't agree with on Twitter. Look, there's like three things that are still pure on the Internet. One of those things is pets. One of those things is human children. And one of those things is dad puns. Everything else has been ruined. So, like, what I find is, like, people from, like, completely different perspectives can bond over one of those three things and they're fine. You know what? That is probably the most hopeful thing I have heard yet in 2019, Adam. Thank you for that. did you become such a cat person? I know you mentioned that, you know, your partner sort of got you into this. Were you destined for this? Not necessarily. When So, you know, my, my father was in the Foreign Service and I lived in Italy for six years when I was a kid. There were definitely a lot of stray cats in Rome and we had one. Her name was Sophia and she had a boyfriend named Massimo and he would come over and he would like get her pregnant and then she'd have like a bunch of kittens. And then, like, we try to figure out a way to, like, give the kittens away. And so, you know, I always liked cats, but I never personally had a cat. Like, Sophia was a stray cat. She wasn't our cat. And when we came back to the U.S., uh, we didn't have cats. We didn't have dogs. Basically, it was really just that these cats, they were just so friendly and so sweet that it's just, like, impossible not to love them. I mean, we know a lot of people who are like, oh, we're not cat people. And then they meet. So my cousin came over, my my teenage cousin came over with her family for Jewish Christmas this year. You know, we we watched a movie and we ordered some Chinese food. And (laughs) she was like, oh, I'm not a cat person. I'm not a cat person. But of course, in about 10 minutes, she was sitting on the couch uh, as Benny was laying flat on his back, uh, letting her rub his belly. They're such friendly cats and I'm not going to say that I don't like other cats because I do but I would say that my transformation into cat dad is fully a result of the fact that these cats um, were so wonderful that's fantastic Um, we always like to wrap up by asking is there anything you would like to say to your cats who are listening at home you guys are great please don't kill all humans yet Adam, um, thank you so much for joining us on a very busy day. Thank you so much Uh, for having me. Before you go, can you tell everyone how to find you online? I'm easily found by my Twitter handle, which is Adam Serwer. And uh, thank you for having me on the show. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, We have some shout outs to do. We want to say hello to Catloaf listening in Brooklyn. Catloaf, your parents would like you to please stop digging through the trash at night. Cats don't eat carbs. Um, Watch it, Catloaf. And on a quick personal note, I want to send a shout out to Beaker, who's also listening in Brooklyn. Beaker recently had a pretty serious health scare. So, Beaker, I hope you're feeling better. We're all thinking of you and your mom and your little brother, Jones. If you would like me to send a shout out to your cat on an upcoming episode, all you have to do is email us at shouts at letstalkaboutcats.com. Tell us your cat's name. Uh, where they live, and a little message you'd like us to include. Actually, it doesn't even have to be your cat. We'll shout out any cat who deserves a shout out. And of course, you can find us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the usual podcast places. And while you're there, please do us a favor. Rate us, review us, tell us what you think of the show. It really helps. 
Of course, you can also find us on social media. We're at LTAC pod. That's at LTAC pod everywhere. I'm Mary Phillips Andy. Our producer is the Molto Bene Lizzie Jacobs. Our theme song is by Poingley with additional music by the English Muffins. Our show logo was created by Julia Emiliani. That's it for now. We'll be back next week to talk more about cats. Let's talk about cats. I have to say, if any of your listeners ever go to Rome, there are two cat sanctuaries located in prominent Roman ruins. There's the um, Torre Argentina, which is supposedly the site where Julius Caesar was murdered. It is now a lair of the cats. You can't actually walk into the ruins, but cats frolicking in the ruins of human civilization is some kind of awesome metaphor. There's an actual cat sanctuary where you can go in and you can meet the cats and you can adopt one if you feel like it. There's another one, which is a pyramid that's located near the Protestant cemetery in Rome. And it is also a cat sanctuary with lots of friendly cats. And if you walk into the cemetery, the cats are hanging out there and they'll probably come up to you and say what's up. And I, I met a lot of friendly cats in both places. So if you are a cat fan, and you probably are if you're listening to this... <laughs> Uh, I highly recommend if you are in Italy, in Rome, going to either of those places. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.